The Amazing People Podcast, Episode 18. Welcome to The Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Dizard. Hi, I'm Chip Dizard, and thank you for joining me for another edition of The Amazing People Podcast. Today I have Jeremy Smith with me. He's a youth worker. Well, I want to say a youth worker, a pastor. Have you been pastoring, Jeremy? Or have you just um, a youth parachurch worker? Parachurch Ministries, so okay. not with the church. Okay, Parachurch Ministries, and most importantly, a technologist. So a man after my own heart, a blogger. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Jeremy. Thank you. Glad and to be here. I want to just get your background. I know that you've been blogging. I, I met you on the church uh, mag a site, but tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into blogging and really, it seems like websites is a big thing that you do. You know a lot from social media websites. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I have been raised in a Christian home my entire life, so that's just a part of who I am, and um, I've also been gifted with uh, the whole systematic thinking where I love to just piece things together, tear everything apart and put it back together. My uh, 10th birthday, I actually asked for video editing, uh, standalone independent uh, video editing. So that's the kind of nerd I am. And I, if you read some of the church mag posts that I have over there, I've, they, we have a series called Tech Rec. And as a middle school and high school student, I got to be on the, the school systems um, tech team, and I would frequently do something crazy because I was always fiddling with stuff. Okay. For the past nine years, I've been doing youth ministry, and I am currently uh, working with Youth for Christ as their social media specialist to help them rebrand and set up a online presence for the entire ministry as a national approach, as well as um, helping them set up um, individual local chapters that we have all across the world and across the U.S. Um, and then as far as the blogging stuff, it was something that I was a volunteer for my youth ministry, and the, the youth leader um, had the audacity to ask me to do some stuff, and I took full advantage of it, and we made a little production ministry out of it that other churches started asking us to do stuff, and then I moved out to Colorado and decided um, blogs and other youth workers were asking for these little things that I would just serve everybody. And that slowly evolved from youth ministry assistance and resources to just general church technology stuff. Wow. And this was in the span of how many years? Um, well, as far as the blog goes, it's been in the last nine years. That's when I first started doing it. Nine years. Okay. So there are a lot of people that have blogs and a lot of people nowadays are starting to create things. Any advice for people, I know you wrote an article about churches and blogs and pastors. Any advice for just lay people who want to start a ministry blog or a ministry technology blog? Yeah, I think that it's one of those things that it's like, wow, the church across the street's doing this and they seem to be really enjoying it. And it's this entire social media aspect that I think that, first of all, you have to realize that they are putting their best foot forward. Everything you see is just awesome stuff. Nobody goes onto a blog or social media and says, man, we really fumbled the sermon today or we just did not get the tithes and offerings we wanted this week. So you have to realize that as much as you want to do it because you see success with other people, that they're only giving their best foot forward. 
but at the same time, when you're creating content for your sermons, for your volunteer training, for just doing your daily devotionals and prayers and meeting with people in the hospital, you are creating content all of the time. Uh, and why not try to use that to reach more than just the people inside of your building and your friends? Why not use that as a social media and blogging outlet for the people that just moved into town, for the relatives of one of your congregation members that hasn't gone to church, but all of a sudden they see their their sibling or their nieces and nephews in a completely different light, and really just be able to share the gospel with people. I love that. Mm-hmm. And especially when, when it comes to technology. And th- these days, I mean, maybe 10 years ago, blogs weren't taken as seriously as they are nowadays, right? Sure. Yeah, and I think that 10 years ago, people weren't even reading them. And so whenever I would post something, it was because it was just something that we were doing and we would share it locally, and all of a sudden it starts to grow a little bit because other people are doing it and they catch on. But now we're at a point where a lot of our digital life is through computers, but they're through phones and through devices that we always have on us. And so we need to just keep that into consideration when we do stuff. Jeremy, tell me what uh, 78P, tell me the personal thing that you're working on that you're really excited about. Sure. So one big thing that's happening with 78 Productions is, as I had shared, it's one of those resources that started out just to serve people, uh, to be a local ministry opportunity or resources for churches and the youth group I was in, but uh, has just steadily increased. And now that I find myself talking about church technology and being able to give resources to people, um, it, we're going to make a big shift, and so your podcast listeners will hear this before anybody else, um, but we're, hire, we're taking on people where they get to have a voice in the church tech realm where they might not have a blog that's established about this specific topic, and to if they have something to say, whether it's like video work, kind of like what you're doing, uh, social media like I'm doing, or... I know I have one guy on there right now that's just rocking Android. I have I know nothing about Android in the sense of having it in my hand, and he is just talking about it all the time to give a voice to those people that, that they don't necessarily have a blog, but they want to say some stuff. And so let them take the profits of it, but let them also just own the material that they're writing and speaking to the ministry. So basically it's you're opening up your blog to have a lot more writers, a lot more contributors and things like that. Yeah, and to the point of giving the voice to so many more perspectives than just silly old me. Yeah, that's 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 very, very wise. A lot of blogs are going to the multi-site authoring uh, pro- uh, process. I know that, uh, well, Church Mag, that's how I found out about Church Mag, because they have yeah. multi-authors. Uh, so now tell me about your process. I know you do a lot of research. There's a lot of people who listen to this and say, you know what? I'm busy. I'm like Jeremy. I have a full-time job. I have kids. I have this. How do you find even the time to do what you do? I get that question a lot, but how do you (laughs) even find the time, Jeremy? I know you're very busy. Yeah, so I have a full-time job in this blog as well as full-time student and a -a one-and-a-half-year-old that I'm supposed to be the stay-at-home dad because I get to work from home. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to have the priority and the commitment for your blog and to have the process down, I think that the difficult part about blogging in a general sense is what are you going to write about? It's easy to construct a title. It's easy to make sure that your keywords are in the actual blog article, but to come up with that creative juice 
is really probably the most difficult part of it. And to have podcasts I'm listening to regularly, to have audiobooks that I have when I'm driving to work in seminary, whenever I have the ability to go through my RSS feed and engage in people on social media, really 90 to 95% of my life is drawing from my job and from reading and consuming all of these different resources and having my own opinion from my own experience with all of that. And then, of course, you didn't even talk about answering social media posts, emails, uh, uh, other kind of things. (laughs) Yeah, and in in all reality, I think that Eric Dye says this all the time with Church Mag, but I fully agree that you need to have some kind of marketing, but if the content is there, you could have the worst social media marketing campaign and still be extremely successful. I don't see, I I know I have a job in social media, but I don't think I'm good at it. I really don't. And so I have great ideas and I have other people implement them for me. But the idea of having great content and spending the actual time necessary, spending an hour of research, creating your image that goes with and making sure everything's tailored and proofread, if you spend an hour per post, you can probably have great content that all you need is one chip to come along mm-hmm. and to say, wow, this is great stuff. I want to share it for him. I think that's the key stuff. Mm-hmm. So you get all these emails from people saying, promote my product. You get the social media stuff that you need to engage well, and I think you should. But it doesn't make or break you like it does good content where other people advocate for you. Yeah, I, and I tell people that all the time, even pastors. It seems like, well, we only have 40 people in our church, but all you need is one podcast or one sermon on podcast to get shared with thousands, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I have one blog post that has been shared over 30,000 times since I've posted it this last summer. It was an ebook. I spent the time on the content and I forgot to post it on social media. I realized mm, a month later I forgot to post it. But it's been shared so many other times by other people that it's probably received so much more impact marketing-wise than I could ever do by myself. Mm -hmm. And it's really what's led to this steady growth that it's not like a one-hit viral sensation that nobody ever comes back, but because you put the time into the content, you generally grow your audience as opposed to a YouTube celebrity gets these quick hits and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a long process. Mm-hmm. So you're telling my listeners basically that don't expect it like out of the gate. It's, it takes a little cultivating some time. Yeah, I think it's a popcorn versus uh, cake approach. If you want popcorn sensations where you get a little pops because you put it in the microwave, you can do that, but you're not going to sustain it long. And as soon as you take that microwave popcorn out of the the microwave, it's going to start shrinking. If you make a delicious cake, it's going to take some time to sit in the oven, but man, three and four days later, that cake still tastes pretty good. No, I I, I totally agree, and I think that that we're so used to immediate gratification online in life that, uh, you know, we want, you know, 10,000 YouTube subscribers or, you know, 5,000 Facebook fans or G-plus circles in one 
one uh, one month or less. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't happen. Now, one last question. I want to talk about G Plus because I know you're big on Google Plus and, you know, yeah. there are some changes that's happened to YouTube. You know, I'm big into video. And I uh, want to talk to you about just Google Plus and then the YouTube comments that recently have come. You know, YouTube was called the worst comments in the world. And now they have a Google Plus comments. Tell me what your thoughts about Google Plus are, first of all, and then the YouTube comments. Yeah, so Google Plus in and of itself is a place where I think that you go to meet people and build relationships, whereas Facebook, you probably already know 90 95% of the people. This is a general sense. I know a lot of people create great business from Facebook, but Google Plus, from most people, the different conversations I've had, over 200 different conversations of intentionally figuring this out, you go and meet people to establish relationships. Twitter, you go meet people, but I don't really know that well all my Twitter followers, and I have thousands of them, and I read some of their posts all the time, but I really don't get to know them. So Google+, Plus, you get to build relationships. That's how you and me met. I know we met through through Church Mag, but for me personally, I feel like I've gotten to know you because of Google+, Plus, mm-hmm. because of the effort you put on to that and trying to just engage well there. So for me, it's building those authentic relationships that, any other social network, I don't think you necessarily get. A lot of people, uh, uh, last question here, but a lot of people still think, and I talked to some pastors, some other church leaders, oh, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. I mean, I'm so tired of hearing that. Not that I'm a, a Google Plus, you know, uh, you know, employee, but my gosh, if I hear that one more time, you know, it's a ghost town. I thought we were out well, off of that. <laughs> I've been on Facebook and Twitter uh, maybe six times as much as I've been on Google+. And I will say I get more traffic from Twitter than I do Google+. I totally agree with that. If you want to market your blog and you don't care about developing true relationships, use Twitter because you can get as, as much bang for your buck as possible. If you want to be able to show your friends and family that you see in real life your stuff, go to Facebook. But the most opportunities, the most... Uh, next step call to action uh, leads that I've gotten in social media and blogging and just my personal life and engaging with relationships has totally been Google Plus. And so I guess it depends on what your goal is. If you want the page views, Google Plus is probably going to take too long to develop. But if you want to have some opportunities of speaking engagements, of developing some amazing connections as far as youth ministry, I've met so many youth workers on Google Plus. Um, I think there's so much potential there that people are just like, eh, the stats aren't there. You know what? The stats probably aren't there, but the stats for what it means to actually have a relationship people are so ginormous that if you ignore it, you're just missing out. It's your own fault. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Jeremy, thanks for your time. Uh, tell people how they yeah. can get in contact with you, follow your blog and all your contacts. Sure. For the first time ever, I get to promote my Google Plus account. So, I would say check me out in two places. You can go to 78p.tv, so number 78, because uh, it's Psalm 78. And so if you read Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4, that's our motto of sharing the parables to the next generation. But 78p.tv, and then if you go to Google, or plus.google.com slash plus Jeremy Smith. That's It's the way that they're doing their vanity URLs, but Jeremy Smith is on Google+. And your blog address is? Yeah, it's just 78p.tv, and it, it has a blog right there. Uh, that's the whole focus of the entire website is give you guys resources through the blog. Hey, man, thanks so much. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing all the new things you're going to do this year and then into 
2014. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.